What up guys, Run DMT here reminding you to join our mailing list. You can do so by heading over to killyouregonow.com and click the join us tab. Please do so to get exclusive offers, downloads, releases, freebies, all kinds of stuff, plus a lot of information about what we have coming up on the horizon. Check it out, you won't be sad. Bye. You read us a bedtime story. Late night parties, drinking tequila and trying to get lucky. Uh, Seth, did you, are you going in totally blind on this one? Did you read up on anything or nah? So I, I read through the, um, the blog that you sent me very briefly. <laughs> and I also went, you know, I went into the, to the outline also. So like, I know we're, I know we're chatting about to a certain degree, but, uh, I like I said, that's all the information I have, right? Is, is okay. I definitely have some thoughts, but <laughs> well, I mean, you know, not. I wouldn't consider myself an expert. It's a pretty complex conversation. I understand if you're a little intimidated to have it because you, you know, you know <laughs> this this is this is just you know scratching the surface of such such something so much larger than than punk rock, than Canada, than music itself. Seth, this is very serious business. It's true, this is deep shit. Deep shit. <laughs> deep shit. Fucking welcome, everybody, to Sex, Drugs, and Drink Tickets. I'm Boston-based bass producer Wubson, and I'm getting drunk with a couple of my closest friends today to blow your skulls with an Illuminati mind control scheme involving, you guessed it, Canadian pop-punk superstar Avril Lavigne. Wait. Spin, spin, spin. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, with me always, I have one of my best friends in the whole wide world going on something dumb like 15 years now. Just about. Apparently in beautiful NYC, the wandering sound man, Seth Richardson. Good evening, friends. Great to be here with y'all. What you been up to recently, homie? Well, I'm, uh, I'm off tour for a little while, finally. You're finally done with Shalou? Well, not, not all the way done with Shalou, but I'm taking the year off. Um, I'm getting... I know it's come up. I'm getting married later this year, so I got some uh, I got some work to do on that front. Um, but we finished the year out with a New Year's set at Snow Globe, and then we had a day off, and then we took off on Holy Ship 12.0. Um, Ooh, hell yeah! We uh, had two sets on there. We're the only live band to play, which is pretty cool. Um, then had a really fun DJ set, um, and so now I'm home and I am. Uh, not drinking tonight because I'm getting over the flu, but I'm going to be enjoying this oil pen. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rip for fill in the blank. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm in a really similar position tonight, Seth. See, I, I wasn't going yeah. to tell you I was going to be a deceitful son of a bitch, but this ain't lean. This is Gatorade. It's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm talking about an octave lower tonight, so... Well, Ava has a bottle of champagne, so she's going to hold it down for the both of us. Oh, yes. All right, excellent. That's, that's great to know. <laughs> Speaking of which, now i got to be, now I'm an asshole. Dearest listeners, I apologize. But with me for the first time, uh, I am honored to have a very special guest. And another one of my closest friends with us today. Videographer and artist. Also, my beloved girlfriend, Ava Ludwig. He doesn't love me that much. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, Ava and I are lushes. Lush. Lush. What? 
<laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the plural term for lush? A g- group of lushes. Leash. 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 We are leash. <laughs> Ava and I are leash. So one night during one of our leashing s- sessions, conversation, leash conversation, this sounds really dirty. During one of our drunk conversations, <laughs> she told me this story about the, uh, what we're talking about tonight. Uh, and it was so over the top, I started looking into it and it, it fucking blew my skull. And yeah, we, I, I decided we had to do an episode about it. Um, Ava, how'd you hear about this story? Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, it was just like a rumor that went around probably like high school or middle school somewhere. And so this is just, like something you heard in like Spanish class in eighth grade or some shit? Maybe not Spanish class, but definitely probably eighth grade because that was usually, that was the time. That was the time for Afro, you know? Mm, 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 mm. Okay, okay. So disclaimer. We are artists and musicians. Most of us have been drinking heavily. Uh, hey. <laughs> you can tell I copied this from previous episodes. <laughs> no, 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 no. We are not experts, nor are we pretending to be. And I'm pretty okay with the research. Nor do we want to be. I mean, maybe, God damn it, you're right. No, fuck that. I don't want to. That's a burden. You know, I was about to get all huffy and be like, no, I fucking care deeply about Canadian pop punk from the 2000s. <laughs> And I, I mean, I do, but like, not, no, I'm not going to die in that. I'm not going to die. You listen to it all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, I know more than anybody. He, he listens to it. He, he wakes up at 3 a.m. Dude, I just, I, I need my simple plan at 3 a.m. Mm. It's very important. Yeah, you go into the bathroom and be quiet, but we all hear it. Mm-hmm. We all hear it. Oh, don't I'm all. glad you all know. Now I, don't, now I don't have to play it quietly anymore. <laughs> Oh. That's right, I have to turn that shit up to 10 and scream. I'm saying, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> of course, you know, we invite criticism and opinions if you decide to leave a comment or if you want to write us or anything. Um, but honestly, I encourage you to roll up a fat Chewbacca thumb, pour yourself a thick goblet of grog, and do what I do. Relax, have fun, and try not to give so many fucks about it. This is a conspiracy episode. So we're mostly just having fun. Yep. So grab your tinfoil hat and strap in for Avril Lavigne and the Body Snatchers. <laughs> so before we can get into all the weirdness and the high strangeness that happens, um, that definitely happens. It is totally real and for sure is completely factual. We need to talk about the background here. We got to set the vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Miss Avril Ramona Levine was born September 27th, 1984 in Belleville, Ontario, Canada. Canada? Yes, Canada. That's, yeah. that's, that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, mm. I hear, in the, the Canadian tongue. Yes. Um, as you can tell, we're doing this. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm very sorry. Yes. I need to correct you. See, I, I appreciate you also. You know, <laughs> Somebody watched Degrassi. <laughs> Avril's <laughs> <laughs> parents were named uh, I, uh, Judy and Jean Paul or Jean Paul Levine. I'm, I'm exactly what I was. <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm going with Jean Paul because it's just way more fun. She has an older brother named Matthew and a younger sister named Michelle. Her family thought she had pipes from a very young age. An instance of her singing "Jesus Loves Me" when she was two years old was the specific moment her parents list as being the "oh fuck" moment. Um, and she started, they, they really encouraged her to start singing after that. So it kind of became a hobby for her. Um, and it became a way to annoy her siblings as well. So she actually sings about that in, I forget the name of the song, 
but she actually specifically mentions her her siblings like knocking on her bedroom uh, walls at night, like shut the fuck up while she's trying to go to sleep or while they're trying to go to sleep because mm-hmm. she would sing herself to sleep at night. So it became and that's I think that's really important actually. Okay, she was very young and from a very young age she was encouraged to do it all the time. It was just fun for her, and she did mm-hmm. it specifically to annoy her. No. Well, I mean, I'm sure that was part of it at times, you know? I mean, like, she was a little child. Of course she fucked around. I mean, come on. Like, um, as the youngest of, of four, yeah, definitely. I would totally do shit to annoy my siblings all the time, especially if it was fun. Mm-hmm. Very nice family. I couldn't find anything that was like, you know, mother had drug problems or, or Jean Paul was had five families or let a cult or anything like that. Um, they're very nice. Um, they're Canadian. Yeah, they're Canadian. <laughs> they're pretty much. They uh, they were religious. They went to church. Um, they you know her father played in the church. He mm-hmm. played bass in the church band. Um, you know, pretty normal stuff. Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> five years straight up, straight up. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. Right. So, uh, five years old, her family and her moved to Greater Napanee, um, which is north of and in between Syracuse and Rochester. So, like, if you put a line between Syracuse and Rochester and went north across Lake Ontario, you'd hit it. At the time, it had a population of 5,000 people. So, this is small town, pretty much nowhere. <laughs> uh, this is, like, suburbia. Right. Again, very normal. <laughs> like, almost, like, boring. Right. right. Super you normal. Know, April's father, uh, as they're settling into the new house and the new church, and, there's you know, the, the, he starts playing in the band again, stuff like that. Um, they start stepping up their encouragement with Avril. And I think part of it was that it was like a father-daughter activity, like just something they could do together, like as music. Um, but he started like buying uh, instruments for her. I think there was also a little bit of like, I'm going to buy this for you, but I'm buying this for me as well. Like, like oh, I'm going to buy this guitar I always wanted because Avril and I can play it together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, what I do for you for mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my dad did this shit with me growing up with comic books. Mm. He would like buy them mm-hmm. for me, but then he would like sneak off and read them before I got them. Fucking, or, yep. or like, yeah, man, or if, like buy you a gift for Christmas that it's like, oh, I'm. We can do this together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is for us, really. Okay. Also, I wanted to clarify did you say April's father or Avril's father? Avril's father. Okay, you said April, I think. Oh, damn. Clarify. Sorry. Meh. Oh, I had to type it. Go, my fucking uh, notes autocorrected, and I just read my notes. That's, that's I went full anchorman on this shit, dude. Oh my god! Now I know if someone were to like type some like hateful, awful, terrible shit into this, I would just keep on reading. It would just, it would just pop up on here. Yep. <laughs> I get by the get, just go full Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I just get to the end of it and be like, oh fuck, what what's wrong, guys? Why are y'all looking at me funny? <laughs> We're all just mortified. You said the N word 14 times. What? What? I don't remember that. What? What did that happen? (laughs) So she was, um, her family got her into singing like country music and church songs. So she was doing like a lot of Garth Brooks and Shania Twain and Dixie Chicks. And her family started helping her uh, get in some small shows at like country music festivals in her area. Really wholesome stuff here. There's yeah. no like, like it's, it's it's almost disappointing because like I believed the riot girl image of Avril growing up, and like I mm-hmm. wanted to believe like she was a bad bitch and all this shit, you know, fucking up, you know, I don't know, like like. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure she's I'm sure she's a very tough woman. Fucking, she's made it. She's made a killer success in the music industry. Got nothing but love and respect for her. 
not trying to not trying to uh, talk down about her at all, but like definitely a, a different story than what was portrayed at the time. You know what I mean? Right, definitely. Uh, what do y'all think about that? I don't know. What, I'm not gonna lie. I felt I felt a little hurt by that. See, it's lie. all too it's all too yuppie. Where it's like you know something's gonna go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't though, <laughs> dude. Or it does. So mm. it, it doesn't surprise me because. So and this like I know that we're gonna get to this later. It doesn't surprise me because of her who her producer was. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that. I know that we're gonna get to that. But um, this particular producer is notorious for like pushing personas, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I, damn, you're good. And dude. so and so we, you, we'll, we'll talk about this though. Look at you. <laughs> so at age fourteen, fifteen, she wrote her first song, "Can't Stop Thinking About You," which was about a boy she had a crush on. And she also contributed vocals to a couple of albums by a local folk artist named Stephen Men, because he heard her singing in a community theater production. <laughs> so, like, she was in, like, a school play or some shit. He was like, well, that sounds nice. Um, so check this out. This is Avril Lavigne and Stephen, or Stephen Med on the album The Quinte Spirit, uh, Touch the Sky. Jesus fuck. This is so different from the normal music we do talk about on the show. <laughs> oh my god, this is so funny. <laughs> my neighbors are upstairs like, what the fuck? They're concerned right now. This is the first time they've heard pop music coming out of my house in years. That's amazing. <laughs> oh wow. It's too good. That was fun. Ava and I are looking at the cover right now. Um, it's black and white. It's they're like hanging out inside of some like old timey, like, I think it's a brothel. They're wearing the outfits that they wear in that like pitchfork, sorry, pitchfork like photo. The lady, oh, yeah, American yeah, Goth. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. You're <laughs> That's right. what their outfits look like. <laughs> Avril kind of like, has full like Quaker pilgrim. Yeah, right? yeah they yeah. do. It's beautiful. <laughs> Avril's got this like, like, it looks like the sun's shining in her face too hard or some shit. Everyone's kind of grimacing like it's a real hard day out on the farm, even though, you know, they don't, they didn't work a day out on the farm. Mm. It's real hard out here, man. <laughs> be a farmer. Yep. <laughs> Stephen Bett had this to say about working with her. Avril, sorry, I need to I need to put on my best Canadian voice here. Sorry, I need to. Need to you know. <clears throat> oh, this is gonna be good. Avril was just kind of incredibly positive. She babysat both <laughs> my kids. A, eh? they will say to this day that she is the best babysitter we ever had. She is engaging with people. She was a joy to work with. She had a real positive spirit about her, says Med. Says Med. <laughs> got too into it. Too deep. Too deep, too, too deep into character. You gotta, you gotta pull me out of it, guys. I'll, be, I'll get stuck. That was the southernest Canadian I've ever heard. <laughs> so do you think he brought her to do a song with her because she was actually babysitting her, his kids? Or... <laughs> I think it's like... He's like, I'll give you a break, I guess. <laughs> I think it's like small town, 5,000. Everyone knows everybody. It's like, oh, you babysat my kids. I heard you singing. And oh, but I, 
then I saw you on stage and you just really shine. You know That's what I mean? That's a little creepy. I don't know. I, feel, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I'm Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's been keeping tabs on this bitch. Get up. Small town. Small town. No, I, I genuinely town, think sure. it's, actually, seriously, I think it's just that. Like, everyone, everyone's got two roles, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's fucking 5,000 people. So, of course, like, the, the your lady at the coffee shop is also going to be... Yeah, uh, the cop is also your... Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Convenience store. Yeah, yeah. Right. So she was doing the small town shit for a while, and then in 1999, her career exploded. And this is some, like, fairy tale shit. Um, She won a radio contest to sing What Made You Say That with Shania Twain at the Corel Center in Ottawa. Ottawa? Ottawa. 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 (laughs) 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 Um, 20,000 people were in attendance. What the that's fuck? a hell of a lot of people. Yo, that's nuts. I'm just like doing a little play. That, I know. <laughs> like, like, just a radio contest. Too. More people's in her town. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying four times. I'm, yo, for real though. Yeah. It's five times the size of her so town. Have more people at, at her concert than in her <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Apparently, she didn't have any stage fright. She was very confident. She was just got right up there and did the thing, man. Fucking no butterflies is. Is, is according to uh, what I read. There it is. Oh, Big really? Up. Yeah. Mm. Yo, I did. You know, what? Mm. you know, one thing they say about psych- seems a little suspicious. I'm, I'm, one thing they say about psychopaths is that they don't have emotions. You know, mm. they don't. They don't experience fear. So I'm just saying. It's okay, true. before before we all go about falling in love with Avril here, you know, mm. just saying. Man's not wrong. Stay stay woke. <laughs> That's right. My third eye is open. <laughs> Realize, realize, realize. <laughs> <laughs> that same year, she was discovered by her first professional manager, Cliff Fabry, while singing country covers in a bookstore in Kingston, Ontario. What the fuck is this girl doing? Dude, it sounds like... Because that shit happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. It sounds like... I played in so many bookstores back at old Kate Elizabeth Maine, let me tell you. That's all right. <laughs> In A and R's, we're just always pressing the bookstore beat, just looking for the hottest talent. That's right, man. They're they're always just up in bookstores and home goods, just looking for the hottest new talent. Damn, I missed Drake because he was playing in the fiction section. If only I had been there in time. So, according to Fabry, all she knew—oh, sorry, I gotta put on my my Canadian voice again. One minute. Oh, pop some bottles. Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah, actually, we got it. Oh. Fuck up. We fucked up. Drink for first song. Mm. And drink for fairy tale Wonderland not so complicated story. Alright. Complicated. Complicated. Dear listeners, I assure you, whenever the music plays, we are like wildin' half the time. I, I've been We're waiting. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the moment for or our uh, Avril Lavigne singing. Oh, fucking, we get a mom. <laughs> Seth, Seth, I'm sorry. We, uh, no, I can, just, I can just picture the phone call to John. Again, at John, um, we broke the studio. We're going to be late getting the podcast to you on time. Um, we just got really into Skater Boy. It was just... It was, <laughs> That's right. It was just, it was just, she got, said, got a little out of hand. We just couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> That's right. Seth took his pants off. He got really weird. I flipped the, <laughs> yeah. Ava flipped the table. I started eating my computer. I just couldn't help myself. I don't, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> we all blacked out after that. <laughs> we swore we never speak about uh, that's, all we got. that's all anybody remembers. <laughs> 
Aubrey had this to say about working with Avril at the time. All that she had experienced, all she knew was country. She didn't know Blink-22 from a Madonna, says Fabri, who soon was serving as a 15-year-old singer's manager and encouraging her to try songwriting. I have never worked with an artist that doesn't write their own stuff, eh? I don't want to work with a pop star. I want to work with someone who will tell you your own story. That's what people want to know about. Fabri and Avril's parents had some of Avril's basement karaoke tapes sent to a few industry insiders, including Brian Heatherman, the then head of Universal Canada, who passed along her tapes to rock bands like Blink-182, Holly McNarland, and the Matthew Good Band. Um, I didn't know the last two out of those three. Yeah, never heard those I, names in my life. Me neither. Can you run those? Can you run those back? Um, Holly McNarland and Matthew Goodband. Yeah, no. I checked them out. Is, like, is it Matthew Good? Is that his name? Because Goodband at the end of a name of a, like a of any band, I feel is very suspicious because they're probably a bad band. Yo, I actually <laughs> there's the lack of punctuation fucked with me. Is it like Matthew Goodband or is it like <laughs> Matthew Good? Band. It's like caveman talk. I Matthew, know. good band. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, good band. Matthew, good band. That's a pretty good band there, Matthew. <laughs> I'm looking for Mr. Good Band. <laughs> they sounded like some like power rock. Some, like like they're definitely uh, Holly McNarlin sounded like the the um, um, Alanis Morissette and uh, Matthew Good Band reminded me of like Three Doors Down type shit. I think her friends call her Holly McNarley. Ooh! Because if they don't, I'd be very upset. She should reinvent herself as like a dubstep DJ. Hell yeah! That. <laughs> Fucking hell Holly yeah! McNarley. Holly McNarley. Holly McNarley. Really should. Sick. <laughs> Sorry, random off topic. No, good. Absolutely should. Drink for Holly McNarley. Drink for Harley McNarley. Holly McNarley, wow. Oh, Harley, Harley McNarley, though. That's a stripper oh. name, if I ever I was heard gonna one. Say. <laughs> I'm going to go into a side business. Wow. <laughs> Is it, are you telling me you're going to become a Harley stripper Harley McNarley, name? bitch. <laughs> That's my drag queen name. Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, bitch. <laughs> they got their, uh, they got a tape into the hands of a guy named Mark Jowett, who is the co-founder of Canadian management firm Network, uh, who are still uh, fucking kicking ass. Um, and he actually flew out to her basement to go and like see her uh, perform in the fucking basement that was like her dad had built for her and all that. And he said, I don't know if she herself had a clear picture of her direction yet. I think her parents liked country music quite a lot. And there was a part of her that was attracted to that kind of music. Hey. Yeah. Says Jowett. Says Jowett. <laughs> What's important to know about and notice, like, yeah, multiple people just being like, yeah, this, she's talented, but she doesn't, what, what is she? What is she going to do? What's important to note is that she had multiple professionals, like high level professionals too. Like, yeah, like the head of Universal Canada. All right. Like big fucking deal. Uh, I believe he even mm-hmm. flew out to like see to to go to the basement as well to go to the basement. Um, <laughs> Don't bring it there. She's fifteen, bro. Damn. Sorry. I decided. Oh well. Sorry. <laughs> thank you for pulling me back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm one worse enemy. Um, wow. So uh, she's skilled, but they don't know how to market her. They don't know how to put her out yet. In the summer of 2000. 
Fabri arranged for Avril to go to New York City to flush out her creative direction with producer Peter Zizzo, whose resume boasted Celine Dion, Hannah Lopez, and M to M at the time. What the fuck is M to M? Uh, M to M was like I vaguely remember them. They were like I do a little bit, yeah. Yeah, they're like they're they were like some, they're, they're pop. Mm. You vaguely remember? Yeah. Are we gonna bop some into him? <laughs> some some Norwegian pop duo, you know. Just like, oh, okay, okay. Work. Like like a prototype to TATU or some shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they started so they started off working on a Zizzo track, but Fabri kept pushing them to write something new. The result was a song called "Why," which didn't make it on "Let Go." But it solidified her and everyone else's confidence that she could, in fact, write. Is quaking. Yo, I'm actually <laughs> dizzy from the headbang session that Ava and I did. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. Hi. See, I I have to say, like we we haven't explored any um any of her other works like here yet, but like that's one of the more charming songs that I've heard of hers, you know? Yeah. It's a good honestly, it's not a bad one. It's like it's just charming, you know? Like it's not great, but it's just like it's such a pop song. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like a coffee shop to me. I mean, it sounds like she was playing yeah. bookstores, you know. Sounds like exactly. she would be discovered in a bookstore. Almost, it's true. right? <laughs> On the way home, we must have played it over a hundred times. Fabri says the parents were going. She can write. Her confidence just soared. From then on, she never wanted to talk about doing other people's songs. On another writing trip with Zizzo, an A&R rep from Arista Records was invited to the studio to check her out. She was promptly invited to perform for the head of the label, L.A. fucking Reed in Los Angeles. Yep. Damn, yep, even yep, I know yep. that name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's an important uh, particular figure. Yeah. Actually, again, so let's spend like 30 seconds talking about him for people that don't know mm-hmm. real quick. So yeah. for those of you who, those of you who don't know L.A. Reed, he is living history, and honestly, one that he, we Seth and I could do an entire episode on him. Um, you sure could. He's yeah. a he's a god figure in music. Um, yeah. Who is, who at the time and still is responsible for a tremendous number of acts that are largely renowned as amazing, um, like like universally good, um, like. like it, I'll just run down the list. There's going to be some disagreement over it, but generally, like, fucking, these are all just amazing, incredible artists. Um, at the time, he was working with people like Usher, Outkast, and TLC. Come on. Yeah. 
Come on. Like, like, like gold. Um, Later on, he would give us work from Jay Biebs, John Bon Jovi, Rihanna, Future, DJ Khaled, Travis Scott, and the final album from A Tribe Called Quest. So in my opinion, you can hate him for everything, but no matter what, he gave us the final album from A Tribe Called Quest. So he he, he, he can do no wrong. <laughs> it's true. He also he also worked with Whitney and he has a career that goes back to 77. So like homie homie has been on some fucking records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and he's and he's still doing it. Drink yeah. for LA Reed. Drink for LA Reed. How old is he at this point, do you figure? Like he's like balls deep too. Like like I would say sixties earliest. Yeah, at least sixty if he's late seventies working on this. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Avril sang two of Zizzo songs and closed with Y. L.A. Reed very politely thanked her and left. Later that night, a limo arrived at Avril's hotel to take her and her family to dinner at the top of the World Trade Center. Fuck. <laughs> she walked out of that dinner with a $1.25 million deal and a $900,000 advance for two albums Summing to a cool two milli. She was 16 years old. She could have made more. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, this bitch went cheap. (laughs) Her first two albums made so much fucking money, dude. Yeah, dude. No, for real, for real. But she was 16, so Uh, that's still a lot of fucking money, but. That's wild. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of money. It's awesome. Her album, her album made a shitload of money. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, actually, you know what? Is two million? It's twenty years. Do you think that that'd be different now? Ew, I hope not. <laughs> Do an inflation calculator, man. That might be million dollars. Yeah. Two thousand two is when her album came out. Dollars Yeah, it's almost a million more. Wow, two million seven hundred ninety-one thousand. Fuck. So, I mean, it's almost... I mean, it's still a lot of fucking money. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Jesus, for a second. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, even just sitting in a mutual fund, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was just 16 years old when this happened. In 2001, she began the sessions for Let Go, her debut album, which would launch her career into the stratosphere. She finished in January 2002, and it was released in July of that year. Now, let's talk about the ridiculous success that was Let Go. The album itself hit number one in Canada, Australia, and the UK. At 17 years old, she was the youngest female soloist to hit number one in the UK. She was the top-selling female artist of 2002, and she had the top-selling debut of that year. The album's single, Complicated, peaked at number one in Australia and number two in the US. Skater Boy and I'm With You hit the top 10 in the U.S., making her the second person in Billboard history to have three singles charting in the top 10 at the same time. Wow. Dude, yeah. <laughs> 16 years old. A, Dude, she's minor. fucking yeah. 16. I'm only halfway through the paragraph, too. Like, it's bonkers. <laughs> Seven years yeah. later, Billboard would rank Complicated as one of the biggest hits of the entire decade. Mm-hmm. By the end of 2002... Her album had gone platinum four times, making her number three overall behind. Guess who do you think? Uh, who do you think beat her out, real quick? Michael, Michael and the Beatles. Nah. Two thousand two. One more guess. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, for, for that year. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that year. For that year. Sorry. Take, uh, it, take um, it back. Take it back. This is like eighth grade of middle school, Seth. Man, you got me. Yeah, but I, I know. I've seen the notes, so I can't guess. <laughs> um, so, behind, number two was Nellyville. Uh, of course, <laughs> Nelly. Um, really? And, that's who it's. That's who it's by. No, it's Nelly by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what an album <laughs> oh my god can we please get that cover album though please <laughs> I, I would kill for they get back together just for that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys tweet my chemical romance and Nelly let's make this happen yes let's go um, and number one and this one's like you, this one makes sense yeah this one this one's just another history making album uh, but the Eminem show came mm-hmm. out that year okay yeah, yeah and that, yeah. that was number one um, she was nominated for eight Grammys that year, including Best New Artist and Song of the Year. She is, to this day, the third highest selling female vocalist in our great northern neighbors to the north. The northern neighbors to the north. Yeah. You like the, <laughs> you like the, the alliteration? That was that's, nice. That's triple alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big up Canada for giving us Avril. Um, third highest selling female vocalist behind Celine Dion and Shania Twain. So she's literally right up Damn. there with. She's up there. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. it's kind of cool true. that she went full circle like that too. You know, yeah, uh, like her first like twenty thousand person crowd with Celine, and then she's up there with Celine. And that's got to be crazy. Yeah, that's fucking nuts to even think about. Like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So now, before we start, you know, heading into you know muddy waters, let's celebrate. The awesomeness that is uh, early 2000s Avril and bump some fucking complicated and uh, Gator Boy. Quick. Fuck yeah, drink Fuck for yeah. Avril. Drink for Avril. This song's so complicated. This is the way it is. Yeah. Don't break your fucking chair, kid. Right in the fields, man. <laughs> it does. Wow. It hits you right there. Wow. Makes you feel a little complicated. Well, so after after hearing complicated really quick, I just like I want to go back to to earlier, right, where you were saying like you know how um, how how like nice and wholesome her music was compared to like how she like kind of turned into a punk rocker. Yeah. Um, and so 
L.A. Reid, of course, was the guy that I was referring to, right? Mm-hmm, um, was, the, mm-hmm. was the particular producer. Um, and so, like, something with L.A. Reid is, like, he, like, so, like, like we kind of touched on, like, he's a legend, right? Like, he, whatever he touches turns to gold in, um, in the music industry as far as stuff he produces. Yes. Yeah, so, like, so, so getting, a, getting a record out with him is, is a really fucking big deal. Um, and, like, most recently, he had, so, like, in, like, 2000, 2001, 2002, he was producing, he, like, he put a bunch of Pink records out, right? Um, Pink, so, Pink also kind of, so, Pink also kind of has this, like, like, bad girl kind of vibe to her, right? Um, the same year, Blue Cantrell, who's, like, um, her big single was, like, Hit em Up Style about, like, getting back at your your man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Cheating, right? He also, he also produced a bunch of TLC records and shit. So, like, L.A. Reid kind of liked the the bad boy persona, or, like, the, the bad girl persona, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, like, he definitely seems to, like, at least with the, the artists that he has in between Avril Lavigne, Luke Cantrell, um, like, Pink, Others, he seems to have a little bit of like a of a pattern there, right? Yeah, huh. I didn't even think about it that way, but you're right. That's really cool. Huh. And so, like, you know, I, I think that that just might have been like that. That persona may have been a little bit of his push. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Like, you know, that and that that change that makes sense too. Like with a lot of the stuff that I read, like it didn't seem like she, you know, nothing I read ever made it seem like yeah, she was running around in town with her gang of misfits on bicycles and skateboards and doing hooligan shit with their friends. <laughs> like, it, right. no. it, it sounded like a couple of her friends, like, it, I, I found uh, an article or two that was just like, yeah, like, her friends were into skateboarding at school, and that's pretty much it. And so, like, yeah. she was, like, kind of into it, and, like, just because, you know, that's what her and her friends were into, um, and then, like, I'm sure LA took that and was just like, yeah, man, let's just, like, crank that to 11. Let's just run with that. Yep. You're a, you're a rocker now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like the thing back then too, at least like where I was, like yeah. everybody wanted to be that like bad girl that fucking <laughs> had some skateboards. Like, I think it was kind of like coming out of the nineties with all the grunge and everything. Yeah. It was a way to get, like get that like weird feminine, like angst out basically. I dig it. I yeah. dig it. Yeah. I dig it. So honestly, okay. it's just smart of him to like hit that. Yeah, like, no, it's totally. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it was yeah. it was definitely like like it wasn't. Um, I mean, you know, we're we're still definitely struggling with it now. Um, but I, I think it's now an easier like you have like like uh, for lack of a better word like bad bitch personas like that. Um, nowadays, it's a lot more like word. That's cool. Like it's a lot more accepted. Whereas back then, it's like what well, you're a tomboy. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There wasn't an in between. It was either like yeah, 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 yeah one yeah. or the other. Huh. Damn. Mm-hmm. Who knew that this episode of uncovering the truth behind Avril Lavigne and the Illuminati would also reveal to Ellen Reed low key being a dope ass feminist promoting feminist values throughout the music. <laughs> mm. Mm. Might, might be another episode there, Seth. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, and then. <laughs> Speaking of hardcore feminism, now we're going to play Skater Boy. Fucking hardcore. Yeah. 
Dude, I don't fucking care. That track bangs. So fucking good. <laughs> Dude, I could get high off of just <laughs> so over and over on so, my yeah, it's like, it's like, that's always a heater. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> that track still slaps. Still slaps. That track still slaps. Still <laughs> um, dude, it, it low key, actually, that was the song that got me in Avril as a kid because just that aggressive guitar line, man. Like, like that is the first. Like, we didn't have like, like real punk music where yeah. I was from growing up. So like, Avril was kind of a gateway. Like Avril, Good Charlotte, and like like. uh it was a uh, simple plan was what was on the radio. Mm. My sisters got me into Blink-182 and Offspring and like all that kind of led into me getting more into like, eventually I found like Rancid and then I found the casualties and then I was like, Oh, where does this shit? And then I would find like the Ramones and the clash and you, you like, you found the, the whole, the, the loophole or like the, the yeah. wormhole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You find like the whole punk rock tree, <laughs> yeah. you know? So like, like yeah, I, yeah. I um, I got I gotta give the girl props, man. Even that was pop as fuck, but damn, that guitar is so crunchy. Oh, it's coming it cool. so nice. It's so in your face. Yeah. Avril was like my god back in the day. Like I lived in Avril and fucking yeah, Pink too. Maybe I was just like an LA Reed fan. I didn't even know. It. <laughs> Prob- I mean, probably. Yeah, between like Avril, LA's Pink, and then LA's Gwen Stefani, like actually, I don't prime. I don't, I don't. I don't want to give anything away, but that. Speaking of other producers that have like held like invisible hands over our lives and shit, Seth is working on an episode about one that uh, had a, had a tremendous impact on our lives as well. But yeah, it's, it's actually it's a weird. It's gonna, thing. it's gonna be a fun episode. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's 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 weird how that works though. But like these people whose names you don't even know have like worked on like probably twenty acts that you've loved for your entire life, and they're just as much a part of it, if not more, than the acts. Because of that, you know, it's like a specific clothing designer that you don't really hear about that often, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or like a brand you grew up with. Yeah, like, yeah I feel you. I feel you. Huh, that's a fun way to think about it. Yeah. 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 So, this is just the beginning of Avril's illustrious music career. Now, her following albums, Under My Skin, The Best Damn Thing, Avril Lavigne, and Head Above Water, are all very successful, award winning albums. She's got her own clothing line. She's been in a bunch of movies. She's been on TV a bunch. Uh, my favorite appearance was a Sabrina the Teenage Witch appearance. That episode was fucking lit. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, yep. dude, it was. Dude. <laughs> um, she's killing it. You know, she's doing the thing. And normies will tell you that this is where the story ends. Mm-mm. But dearest listener, we are gathered here today for the truth. And the truth is that this is a heaping pile of bullshit lies and propaganda spewed from the deceitful mouths of the Illuminati into the gaping mouths of ignorant plebeians. And I know that you... (laughs) I know that you, dearest listener, are not an ignorant plebeian because you're listening to this show. No, no, no. (laughs) Drink. So allow me to tell you the truth. The truth is very, very complicated. The truth is complicated. <laughs> it really gets under your skin sometimes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> All right, guys, let's go. <laughs> Episode's over, bye. <laughs> All right, so... For the rest of this episode, 
I won't be drawing upon traditionally relied upon sources of information because the media is controlled by the Illuminati. So we can't trust anything it says. No, from here, we'll be taking most of our information from the conspiracy Bible that is Avril Lavigne Esta Morta. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. Real life. Real life. This beautifully handcrafted website uh, riddled with it, it looks. It looks like a someone threw a high school photo yearbook in a blender, and just like it is so beautifully DIY, <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. No, it's a work of art. Like, you gotta check. It out. I don't even know if there's HTML in that bitch. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> no man, it's just HTML. You can tell they did their research very thoroughly as well from the, the passages that, that uh, we'll be reading. Um, but um, my favorite part is that if, for those who are curious, um, and you should definitely check it out, you know, do your own research. Um, but, uh, it even includes a simulation of Avril's death. So, you know, it's legit. Oh, I haven't seen the simulation. I'm, it's not, I haven't looked hard enough, it's, honestly. It's, you, gotta, you gotta go further down the rabbit hole, mm. Ava. I, I missed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be looking that up after this episode. The, the following is a direct excerpt from Arva Levine Esta Morta, translated from Portuguese with Google. Oh, even better. Because <laughs> yeah. you know it's very accurate. Totally. totally. It's phenomenal. <laughs> to, to, to clarify, I am reading this literally word for word, okay? So... <laughs> Uh, oh, my, body, my body is ready. <laughs> Avril is a success and becomes a world fever. It begins to present itself in several places of the planet. Where she goes, her fans scream and try to take a picture, touch her to get an autograph, receive multiple media invitations for interviews and presentations. Avril becomes the center of attention and where she goes is chased by some paparazzi. Avril's team may hire a lookalike to accompany her on tour with the mission of distracting the press and fans. By then, Avril Lavigne stripped them off and have the most free and quiet way to get to concerts and appointments without being late or if you get bored. This is a common practice among famous, <laughs> famous artists such as Britney Spears and Madonna. Completely unfounded, completely unfounded statement also. Like, absolutely unco uncorroborated. So, I mean, some some sources claim that uh, this body double was a clone. Others claim that it's an actress named Melissa Vandella. I think that they're both true and that it's a clone actress named Melissa Vandella. Which, it must be. if this exists, why is this not a bigger thing? When was the sheep made? The what? clone sheep. Oh, Dolly? Yes. The fuck? Because. Why are you bringing Dolly into this? <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah, hold up. I'm, I'm going to look it up, don't but. You, don't you start talking about Dolly. <laughs> the, why are you bringing Dolly into this? <laughs> I need to know what year she was made. 97. See, cloning was already a thing mm -hmm. before this time. I so see. I think they were all prepping for this. Oh. As she was making her album. So so this was one of the prototype clones. Mm, and it just so, worked out oh. so well. So this is too like, well. This is too well. Too well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 
when they have like like the beta for a video game or something, you know, only the truly rich and powerful, you know, or like like elite users get to get to try it out first. Yeah, and it said so, that it said the sheep died in two thousand three. That's yeah. because Avril Lavigne's clone did so fucking well that mm. they didn't even need the sheep anymore. Well, and so uh, L.A., you know, L.A. Reed definitely <laughs> <laughs> didn't even need the sheep anymore. <laughs> That's right. They need to see that. Right, well, fuck it. Fuck okay. it. Well, spare parts now. What are we gonna do with it? Mm, right. Let's get some sweaters, guys. <laughs> um, and you know, LA Reed would be one of these, like you know, beta users to get a free clone in the Illuminati. Like, come on, like, like he's up there, like for sure, for sure. Of course, oh, yeah, he's he's that. But also, this is a this is a tremendous business opportunity. Why is it? Why can't I get a clone? I want a clone actor to just be me in life. Like, we'll fucking hit up L.A. Reid, bro. I'll pay that motherfucker, dude. Pay me to go to. I'll, I'll I'll have a clone to go to work for me. <laughs> I wish. I'll have a clone to like go to the DMV for me. I'll have a clone to like, get me started. Right, like like I get other dumb shit. I don't want clone. Just go. Are you kidding me? If I had it, like yo. <laughs> oh, dude, I I don't want to go to this party. Clone, go be me and have fun. Just go be charming. You'll be fine. Like, like, that'd be great. Like, you know, I just want to sit at home in my underpants. I'm saying. <laughs> um, I'll be here. You go handle business. <laughs> you, go handle, you just go handle shit. Just, just run it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Melissa. So, in 2000... Sorry, conspiracy voice. In 2003, Avril is increasingly busy with the schedule and pressures begin to appear. She has to do shows in several places and still start producing a second disc that needs to be as successful as the first. Avril and the lookalike certainly come closer and closer and become friends. Avril begin to look serious and sad at her photographic essays and presentations, as if she were not very happy with it all. Sometimes with the face of one who is a pulso. <laughs> I'm sure that's a word in Portuguese. <laughs> Drink. I'm sure that's a word in Portuguese that Google just didn't know what to do with. <laughs> but it's just so out of... <laughs> the one who is. Dude. Dude, I read that the first time and I lost my mind. <laughs> she is not adjusting very well to her new life. Sometimes she becomes euphoric. Sometimes apathetic and sad. Avril's grandfather dies hours before a show and yet she goes up on stage. Because of the importance, she has to do it. She tries to be strong and move on, but shows herself down for most of the show, and even cries in a few moments. The show ends with her going away depressed and being supported by the band. Avril is definitely in depression. It is becoming increasingly difficult to have to be cheerful all the time in front of the cameras. It oscillates between... <laughs> Y'all just making me fucking... <laughs> Y'all fucking suck. Everybody be cool. Everybody be cool. Y'all fucking suck. Y'all cool out. Okay, okay. Face. I'm a child. I'm just a I'm a spooky, paranoid, CIA internet spook. Talk about Avril. Fucking serious business, guys. The show ends with her going away, away, depressed and being supported by... <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Because you burped in my face and then Seth said something. Both y'all threw me off my game there. 
Oh, shit. I can't work under these conditions. God. Making you blush just a little bit. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. okay. <laughs> the show ends with her going away depressed and being supported by the band. Avril is definitely in depression. It is becoming increasingly difficult to have to be cheerful all the time in front of the cameras. It oscillates between the world of fame and its old normal life. We do not know all the problems that Avril could have. She probably ventures her problems with her new friend, the lookalike. Avril's lookalike is always characterized by productization to try to look as close to Avril as possible. Her job is just to help Avril get rid of the press and paparazzi on duty. Uh, this, at this stage, she dressed and dressed just like Avril, wearing exactly the same clothes. Avril gets increasingly depressed and upset. Some time oh passes, God. and Avril Lavigne, already dominated by depression, seeks help from parents in her home. But when they get home, their parents do not wait for her. Your family does not seem to care. <laughs> <laughs> Your family does not seem to care. This is phenomenal. <laughs> Dude, I read that part and I cried laughing. Oh my god. <laughs> the next line says. <laughs> but when they get home, their parents do not wait for her. Your family does not seem to care. She stays at <laughs> stays at home feeling lonely, rejected, depressed, and confused. She possibly lies down and looks at the mobiles on her roof. She compared herself to these objects in songs. When I turn my back, I'm out of control. I'm a cell phone. I'm a cell phone hanging on the ceiling. Life is a mobile. <laughs> oh my. So creepy. Avril disappears, <laughs> and the production begins to look for it with the family. Look for it. Avril is found dead in her home. She was hanged from the ceiling by a rope. Oh, <laughs> oh my! Wow, that's a lot to take in all at once. Ugh. Dude, reading, um, reading really that, is. like, word for word, like, as is, is the biggest mindfuck ever. Because it's <laughs> not grammatically correct, and you're like, that's not what that's supposed to be. And you keep wanting to say what it's how it's right. But it's Your family does not <laughs> seem to care. Your family does not seem to care. God, it's so bad. Now think about uh, it. Everyone knows that when you start making God money, like with L.A. Reid and Avril Lavigne, you have to meet the aliens, and you have to join the Illuminati. Now, if you're L.A. Reads and you're in his position, you just lost your new wizard apprentice. And you just lost one of your biggest cash cows after only getting to milk its sweet, sweet money udders once. Mm. You're not ready to put sweet, Bessie out to pasture. Sweet, sweet money udders. Yes, <laughs> that is what I said, Seth. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> and besides, you got a whole team of songwriters 
And you got this super sweet body double named Melissa. So no one will notice if you keep it going. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <coughs> Morta continues. The lookalike is warned of Avril's death and is given the task of continuing the release of the new album, playing the role of Avril and continuing the project from where Avril had stopped. She probably does not accept it at first, but is certainly coerced. Now, at first, <laughs> Melissa... <laughs> now, at first... Very serious. Guys. Very, very, very. very <laughs> I don't know why we're giggling really so much. serious shit. I, I have a, it's a bad habit. I, I giggle at things I shouldn't. You know, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a natural really reflex. Really serious you know? shit. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm tr truthfully, <laughs> I'm, I'm horrified by these... By these uh, accusations. There's no, it's not I guess it's not an accusation. No, it's just truth. Mm. 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 Why would you be horrified by the truth? Truth is scary sometimes, Ava. Mm. At, at first, at first, Melissa has a guilty conscience. And as she becomes Avril, she tries to leave a breadcrumb trail of clues on the follow-up album, Under My Skin. Mm. So listeners can resolve the mystery of Avril's true demise. Also the name Under My Skin. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Ava. Oh, it's beautiful. Shit. May I have your help, please? Can you read these? Uh, would you like to read these lyrics yeah, for me, please? Yeah, sure. So uh, the first selection is from a song called Nobody's Home. Ava, if you wouldn't mind. So many, so many problems. Do not know where she belongs, where she belongs. She wants to go home, but there's no one home. It's where she lies. Shattered inside. But see, she wants to go home, <laughs> but there's no one home, guys. Guys, it's but clearly, there's no one home. There's no, there's one, no one fucking no, home. There's no one fucking home, guys. She, she, she's shattered inside. Really, yeah. she's she's lying there. Uh, just, just hanging. Well hung. <laughs> fucking you figured, well you hung. This whole thing out. Drink. You figured this whole damn thing out. <laughs> I'm saying we're, we'll get right down to the bottom of this. Uh, we got this all covered. Now, uh, the next one is from a song called My Hat. <coughs> Excuse you. <laughs> Damn, B. Jeez. <laughs> the serious straight face. Seth's just like, what? <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, the next one is from a song called My Happy Ending. A classic. A classic. My, my dad. Yes, yes. Mm. It was too much for my happy ending. Let's talk about it. It's not like we're dead. Oh, shit! Was it something I did? Was it something I said? Do not leave me waiting in a city so dead, hanging so high, <gasps> on a rope, <laughs> so fragile. Oh. <laughs> wow. Fucking nuts, kid. On a rope, so fast. She basically, she just said it. She just fucking said it. How, this isn't even a conversation, guys. She, ba she basically just admitted it. She basically. She just basically read the autopsy report, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's just. I'm saying the coroner actually yeah. got a production credit on this song. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Right, must have. I'm sure it says that in the um, Google translated notes. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so the last one uh, that, I, that I chose from is uh, from a song called Together. Ava? 
Something is not right. I can feel it inside. The truth is not far away. You cannot deny. When I turn off the lights, when I close my eyes, truth comes to me and I'm living alive. Oh shit! Get it, guys! Because she's not really Avril, it's Melissa in Avril's body, pretending to be Avril. Get it? It's a lie, guys. It's another admission of guilt. Oh! Honestly, do you need any more proof? Guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean. I've got all of it. I mean, I think we just need to go and, and, and you know, question L.A. Reid now. Take this right up to him. Be like, sir, Mr. Reid, I need to know about where the cloning facility is and how deep this goes. But uh, pretty deep, honestly. It, it's uh, super deep. Yeah, super deep. As fucking, fucking. You know, so it's not deep. just deep. It's fucking deep. It's fucking deep. <laughs> so, dearest listener, if you're still not convinced, Morta ain't done yet. Here is the list of twelve other points of proof that Melissa did in fact replace Avril Lavigne, word from word, from Morta. Ava, you want to trade off with me? Sure. First one. They different faces, especially the nose, confirmed by specialists. <laughs> I love that one. They different faces, y'all. I I love that it was confirmed by confirmed a specialist. Confirmed by specialists. Yeah, that's that's the part that really gets me because now I know it's true. Yeah, for sure, for sure. If it weren't confirmed by a so specialist, no I'd be a little bit skeptical, you know? <laughs> At least they cite their source. Mm. Well, I mean, they didn't, but... They did. A specialist is them citing a source. At least they told me they got a specialist to certify it. Yeah, that's all I need, really. I trust them. If you look at the website, it looks very trustworthy. It's totally legit, bro. It's so trustworthy. All right, number two. Avril average 1.58 in 2002. The new Avril measures 1.55. People do not decrease in size. Only in old age. <laughs> Average 1.58 what? I love how there's, there's no measurement Like there. centimeters or meters or something. Inches. Meters? No, I think no, 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 no. 1.58 meters. Meters. It's Canada. It's Canada. Oh, Canadia. Yes, you're right. Well, millimeters are still met. Canudia. Canudia. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. The voice of the new Avril, besides being thinner... She cannot reach the same notes that the old Avril got in the songs. Examples, complicated, and I'm with you. You know, I never I never listened to them side by side to really. So with the, Melissa saying like, I don't like your girlfriend, that song? Yes. Oh, uh, you know. So my, my only qualm with this particular one is if they're going to the trouble to, to like swap the girl out, why aren't, like, who's to say that they're not getting, like, like you know, not flying a vocalist in, too? Nah, man. Because it's good. Melissa doing it. It's Melissa yeah. doing it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Melissa the clone who's been programmed to do this her whole life, mm. obviously. She's, like, I mean, no. she was born to do this, yeah. this alone. Yeah. We've been incubating for five, six years, bro. And then this shit happened. Um, Much but, easier to incubate someone for five to six years than just to fly somebody in and do vocals. Yeah, you gotta, like, I mean, that's a whole You gotta pay for a plane fare, dude. Yeah, saying, you know? (laughs) Number five. Evan, sorry. (laughs) 
Tobinfield. 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 I don't know. Number five, Evan to- Tobinfield left the band the year Under My Skin was released and made a song saying that he lost his best friend. Who is that guy? Uh, he, he, he was the guitarist for the band. <laughs> oh, okay. Mr. Tobinfield. Mr. Tobinfield. Young Toby. The calligraphy has hey, changed. Toby. Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. <laughs> Hey, Toby. I got some Roni for you on the on the side. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Come and get your submarine. It's waiting for you. We're talking about that special kind of um, New Yorker Canadian. <laughs> yes. It's just like a cultivated group of people. Yes, 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 definitely. Uh, the the when New Yorkers, you know, immigrated to Canada and were lost there because the past froze and they couldn't make their way back. <laughs> So they, they retained their accent and their way of life. Yes. Just the, in the, the New York North. Canadian. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Very good. Very Migrated good. to Canada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> the calligraphy has changed. The new Avril even uses another autograph. Fuck. That Fuck. one's pretty legit, man. Mm. Mm. It's not even fair. named different. That's, That's sketchy. I mean... Yeah, no, it's a robot. It's definitely a robot. See, if you're if you're that popular, yeah. you know what your signature is going to be. When I was fucking seven years old, I practiced my signature <laughs> just in case I became famous. You know your fucking signature at that point. You ain't going to change it. That's how I feel. It is pretty sketchy. Yeah, come on. No. <laughs> Number seven? Yeah. Sudden and sudden change of personality. Way of being style, etc. Old Avril said she would never wear fluffy diva style outfits. She hated female singers and she repudiated the term diva. The new one dresses this way and gets the title of diva and does not care. Wow. Wow. You know, huh. I'd, I'd hate being called a diva and, you know, I think my clone would like it. Wow. So... I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not familiar with what your clone would, would be into. But uh, so I, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm unfamiliar with you no. Know, yeah, I keep her locked in a closet. It's not really a big, big thing. Okay. All right. That's nice to know. Good. Good. I want to. I won't. I don't. Go, I don't go in your closet anyway. It is sketchy though. <laughs> I mean, like she could have just changed her style, but like also the clone could have changed the style for her. So. Well, I mean, true. Or yeah. like the clone just. You'll see. I I have all the answers. Mm. Don't don't, don't Mm. worry. Old Avril said she would never show the camera body. The new one does this in clips and photo shoots. Damn. Oh, taking photos of her body? Of her body, bruh. Damn. Is she 18 now? So like... Right, number nine, the old Avril said she would never join pop style with dancers doing choreography on stage. That doesn't have an end. It's just that. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. <laughs> when questioned about right. it by the band, she disagreed. The interviewer insisted and called her a clone. And she was silent and lowered her head. I did see this interview. It was legit. She did not deny that she was a clone because she knew. 
I love the idea of just her like. It's <laughs> like, nope, you found me out. You guys, got, you guys got me. That's just something you don't ask, though. You know, it's like, I don't know. Right? That's like generally, you know. It's like, are you a clone? Why would you ask that? <laughs> what the fuck? It's not too polite, you know? <laughs> it's true. I don't think even clones would like to be, you know, that's like asking yeah, like, what, what heritage someone is. Do you think clones know? feel like they're clones? Wow. I don't know, man. What's being a clone feel like? Number 11. Birthmarks that the new one has and the true one did not have, suggesting it to be an artificially created brand by plastic. You know that just speaks for itself. Because wow, we're just gonna we're just gonna that was that was heavy hitting journalism right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one, my personal favorite. The original Avril always likes to wear all star shoes. New Avril prefers jumps. You know? I see. <laughs> You're not Once you go all-star, you can't go back. So it's true. It's true. Also, right. another... People don't change. People don't change. <laughs> People don't change. Not, not from their teenage, teenage years to their 30s. They yeah. don't change. <laughs> People don't change. They don't Honestly, though, ever. I've been wearing docs since I was like 11, and I haven't stopped. So, just saying. So, funny story. Actually, when, when writing this episode... Um, there was a point where I was going to make a joke about how, like, surely I'm not the same as I was when I was 14. And, you know, I don't watch anime while eating junk food. I don't spray myself with too much deodorant. I don't listen to punk rock and trance music loudly. I, I don't play video games for too many hours at a time. And I realized it wasn't ironic. And it wasn't. You just went to a downward style. I just, I just do all this now as an adult and smoke weed. So it's, yep. it's better now. <laughs> so it's fine. It's better now. Yes. <laughs> so, it's fine because you do that thing first. <laughs> Did you make a note of, just curious, the picture of Avril with her hand with the name of the song? What? Go on. There's a picture of Avril Lavigne with the name Melissa written on her hand. Mm. Google it, folks. Damn. Ooh. It makes it makes it more legit, man. I'm just saying. We're gonna take two seconds and do the thing. <laughs> Hold on. Avril photo. Melissa on. Wow. See? Seth, I'll send you the link real quick. Dude. Wow. I'm telling you, it you makes think the she, theory more legit. I'm telling you. Do you wow. That's actually, I, that's wow. Okay, you didn't know that's, that? Okay, I, that's a little spooky. <laughs> I it too. That's a little spooky. It is a little spooky. <laughs> I don't Yo, like what either. You at home, if spooky. you have not seen this photo, yeah. go look up this photo yeah, because it makes it. Yeah, because. They're best friends at this point. Like she, she has her name written on her hand. And like, a, that's like, a, that's a photo shoot. Oh, that's dude. not like a like selfie. That's a goddamn photo shoot. I, I think this is afterward. I think this is after. I think this is Melissa claiming, like, like after she's over the guilt and she's accepted the role. This is Mel- this is Melissa stepping into being Avril and like, like telling everyone without telling everyone. I wish we could find out when this photo was taken because that would give us more, just to make things more complicated. Yeah, I'm just ooh ooh. <laughs> Heyo! So, you never stop making the joke. <laughs> 
As time goes on, it becomes apparent to the label heads and Melissa that no one's caught on. So they start allowing Melissa to become herself more and more on stage, as long as she's still Avril. Thus, the physiological and artistic differences are accounted for, and Melissa isn't fooling anybody. Listen to this weak-as-fuck denial that she is not a body double. She doesn't even really say she's not. This is an actual interview taken from an Australian radio station. What about, uh, did you laugh at the rumours that went around where you no longer exist and there's a clone of you? So you died like years ago and there's a clone (laughs) pretending to be you. That's mental. Yeah, some people think that I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Like, why would they even think that? I don't know. Oh, they... I love this game. <laughs> they, there's some they jobs out there. See what I'm saying? It's so weird. It's like so weird that they so... don't think that I'm Avril. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I don't trust it. That's a fake ass response if I Get ever heard one. With your lies, Melissa. I don't have time for your fucking lies, Melissa. I'm saying. Everyone knows that your body... fucking bullshit. (laughs) That's just not having it, man. (laughs) This is just the tip of the iceberg, y'all. There are even more websites for uh, more Illuminati musicians. Clearly, it's a coordinated global conspiracy designed to mind control the masses. Avril Lavigne, esta morta. Miley Cyrus, esta morta. Selena Gomez... Esta morta. Paul McCartney, esta morto. Beyonce, esta morta. Itera Swift, esta morta. You can find websites for all of these artists online, just like Avril Lavigne, esta morta. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which makes it even more believable, honestly, because just the amount of clones that they could make at this point in time, like, it's 20-fucking-19, dude, like... There's probably many right. Like we we might only have clones at this point. We don't know. We might, it's true. All the all the real things could have, real people could have been replaced by clones. At this point, NPCs, you know? all NPCs. NPCs. None of you are real. <laughs> I'm the only I'm the only real person here. <laughs> Everybody's a bot. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's a bot. That's right. <laughs> Plot twist. This is just me talking to myself in my room, and none of you are real. <laughs> You're the only person. Right, none of us are real. <laughs> You're the only person who can fill out that I, I am not a robot thing on the internet. Mm, None true. of the rest of us have to do it. It's only you. Oh, Jesus. So that, the, you know, <laughs> you oh. think that you're not a robot. Christ. <laughs> BuzzFeed writer and Illuminati loyalist Ryan Boderick might try and sway you with articles like, here's how I accidentally made an old Avril Lavigne death hoax go viral. On October 2nd, 2015, Mr. Broderick was working with BuzzFeed in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and he spins a pretty good tale about how Avril Morta was an inside joke on the staff there at the time. No more than a few thousand people knew about it. Only a couple of people were talking about it on the message boards. <coughs> and it certainly wasn't even remotely a thing in the United States. And it was so over the top that surely... No one could take it seriously, right? Thinking this. Right, of course. Yeah, of course. Mr. Broderick decides to share this joke with his fellow Americans, 
And we did exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's true. It's true. Totally true. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the gospel truth. Absolutely. (laughs) So this man's Ryan basically posted a few memes about it and a couple of like jokes from Brazil. And then the next day, over 13,000 people had seen it and started sharing it on Facebook. The day after that, publications like Paper Mag and Vice Noisy started picking up the story and ran with it. And then it was just oh my God. too far into the zeitgeist to get removed. You know, very reputable publications. Paper Mag <laughs> and Vice Noisy. I wouldn't trust anybody else with my news. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's that's all I read. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Vice Noisy specifically. That's just specifically Vice yeah. Noisy. <coughs> fuck the New York Times. That's right. Fuck the Post. Fuck the Times. Fuck the goddamn Journal. I don't even <laughs> read the news anymore because, like I said, it's all like owned by the Illuminati, right? So I get all my yeah. news via telepathy. Mm, it's all owned were... by the Illuminati, and both sides are the same. Yeah, the tinfoil hat really does it for you, huh? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you if you tilt it just right, that's like a little really, antenna. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta throw it to the side a little. Yeah. <laughs> just a little. So, and with this, the very I want to uh, end this episode with the very first line of Avril Estamorta. This blog was created to show how conspiracy theories can look true. To this day, truthers still tweet Avril Lavigne with the hashtag "Not my Avril." And call her Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Not my Avril. Okay, that's gonna be in every one of my posts from now on. (laughs) I want that on the. I want that on a fucking leather jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. We'll go on a basketball jersey. A nice fucking little patch. I was thinking a tramp stamp. You know, just going all in with it. Honestly, yeah. You know, I'll get it on my Avril tat with you. You know, thanks, babe. Thanks. I'm sure she'll love that, Melissa. I mean, yes, yeah, Melissa. Melissa. Let's not let's not make her get comfortable. You know, if we ever 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 have her over for dinner, for dinner, if we ever have her over for dinner, we're calling her by her demon name, i.e., Melissa. Yeah, fuck her. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, big facts. <laughs> All right, guys. Large facts. <laughs> Fucking thick facts. <laughs> facts. Fucking chunky facts. Anyway, yeah, chunky facts. <laughs> thanks so much for listening y'all on that note we are done with this week's episode Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks Uh, Seth what you got coming up oh man I got uh, I mean my next big thing is fashion week which is coming up uh, early next month Um, so I'll be working on that Um, but up until then just grinding fuck yeah what y'all got going um, just doing some videos here and there. Nothing too specific, but where where can we find your videos? Uh, Facebook at Video by Ava Lovey. Oh, gang, 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 gang. Like Beethoven. Yeah. Gang, gang. Um, fucking not that any of y'all ask. Fucking losers. Thanks, guys. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what, what you up to? <laughs> what you doing, huh? How you doing? Um, talk to me, girl. I am. <laughs> Slaving away on this podcast for the next few weeks while researching the next few topics and cranking out tunes for a secret project and uh, some dope new shit with uh, Kyle, uh, Mr. Goldstein from previous episodes. Y'all remember him? Um, He and I are working on a new project together called Six Feet Under. 
have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening, y'all. This is Sex, Drugs, and Drink Tickets. Have a good night. Drink, bitch. Drink, bitch. Drink, <laughs> bitch. Run DMT here, proud to announce a brand new podcast called The Genre Fix. Every week I'm diving into a different style of electronic music and figuring out what makes it tick. Check it out every other Wednesday, or as I call them, podcast day, opposite of sex, drugs, and drink tickets. And head over to KillYourEgoNow.com for more goodies. Take care, boy.